0: So this series called Keep the Change, I believe God told me to speak on this because I meet many believers that they feel like once they have accepted Christ as Savior, they are having a difficult time keeping that change. And it's not about a a re-salvation experience. Once you and I have accepted Christ as Savior, God is faithful to complete that work in us. Okay. Uh, there seems to be some confusion. Like, I just need to get resaved, resaved. There's no such thing as resaved. Now there's a, a dedication, a rededication, it's like, you know, I ought to get back to the roots of my Christianity. Yes. But there's not any sort of resaving, resalvation, because you don't lose your salvation if you truly have accepted Christ as Savior and uh, you have. Uh, given your life to him, and you've allowed him to be Lord and Savior of your life. But many times, as young believers, and even not just young believers, you could be a Christian for a long time, but there are things in this world that pull us away from the things of God. And it is difficult to live in this world where our culture is constantly pulling us, trying to pull us away from the change that happened in our heart. And so uh, I just felt like the Lord was telling me, you need, to, you need to talk about how people can keep the change. Well, in our, in our first week, we talked about how um, we got to make sure that there was a change to begin with. Okay, We got to start there. And I, I laid out the, the salvation experience. You can listen to this at com. But I laid out the salvation experience. Um, Message and the gospel, but we need to make sure that a change actually happened and actually took place in our life. And many people get confused because they say they think that they're the ones who make the change. Well, I've got to do, I've got to live right, I've got to make, make some things, some adjustments, I gotta, I've got to fix some, thing, some things before I let Jesus Christ in my life. That is backwards. You're never going to get there. Because guess what? In your power, in your strength, because you are a sinner and I'm a sinner, we don't have the capacity to just fix ourselves and live a sin-free life. And so many people kind of get that backwards. They think, well, I need to make some changes before I can do this. No, you don't make the change. Jesus makes the change. You don't make the change. Only Jesus makes the change. In our second week, we talked about how to share the change. You know, one of the best ways you know you can keep the change or one of the ways you can, it can help grow in your faith is if you are sharing your change. If you're telling others about your story, about what God has done in your life, what Jesus, how Jesus is Lord of your life. Because there was a time you were this person and now you're a different person. You don't have to know all a bunch of scripture that would be nice, yes, to lead someone to the Lord or tell them about Jesus. All you need is your story. I used to do this. Now, I'm I'm not. I'm doing something different. I used to live this way. Now, I'm not. And so, you want to be able to share um, the change. And then, um, in week three, Jackson Grant, our our teaching uh, pastor, talked about how we can um, uh, basically have a circle of change. And what that means is a, a fellowship, Fellowship with other believers. A way that you know that you're growing in your faith and a way that you can help keep the change that, that God has put in your life. Again, this is not salvation, okay? This is all about, hey, I, I want to make sure that I'm walking in the Lord daily, is to have fellowship with other believers. Rows are great. We're sitting in rows. Circles are better. Small group. So getting in a small group. We have small groups, That meet Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And if you want to have a different time, let me know. We'll we'll work something out. But there's all kinds of different small groups or different age groups. And so, I would encourage you get in circles and grow in your faith and um and have that circle of change. Last week I talked about my sermon was titled "Dying to Change." And if you're not dying, you're not changing. If you're not dying. You're not changing, meaning if you're not dying to self and selfish desires on a daily basis, then you're not changing. I, you, I, I took a, a leaf that I pulled off my tree, how it's got incredible colors. You can walk outside and see many leaves, and the reason why those leaves are b- very colorful is because they're dying, and the way that you and I can have a beautiful life in walking in our faith And showing what Jesus is doing in our life through his power and his presence, making us more beautiful, is that we die (laughs) to self. So dying to change. We've got to die in order to change. Well, in today's last and final message, um, it's simply titled, Listen for a Change. Listen for a Change. We may tell that to our kids sometimes. Would you just listen for a change? I may have uh, had that spoken to me. Uh, uh, from my wife at some point. Um, But we can always learn just by listening for a change. In order to keep the change, we need to be constantly changing. And in order to be constantly changing, we've got to listen to what God is telling us, the things we need to change in our life. So how do we listen for a change? How do we listen for a change? Well, we listen through the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit is speaking to our life. Now, the way the Holy Spirit connects to us is through our spirit. So every person has a a spirit that will live on for eternity. Some people will live in eternity in hell if they have rejected the the free gift of salvation, living their life on their own, or if uh, they will live eternity in heaven their spirit will uh, with Jesus and God and, and those who have accepted Christ and uh, with them as well. And uh, so our spirits will live e- uh, eternally. And so the way that the Holy Spirit connects with our life and our heart and everything was with our spirit. So it's very similar to a phone. I've used this uh, illustration before to where inside your phone there is a mobile Wi Fi connector somewhere in this phone, okay? So in this phone, it has a mobile Wi-Fi connector, and I can access the internet, which is everywhere, through a mobile Wi-Fi connector, and that's how I receive information. If I didn't have this mobile Wi-Fi connector, it couldn't uh, connect with my phone. You and I have a spirit, and that is how the Holy Spirit connects to us, When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and ask him to be Lord of our life, we invite the Holy Spirit into our life, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us with our spirit. And so that is how we can listen for a change. The, um, we see a little bit of this uh, in Romans chapter 8, 16. Verse 16, it just says, The Spirit Himself testifies with our Spirit that we are God's children. Okay? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, testif- Himself testifies with our Spirit that we are God's children. So it, it, it testifies, it speaks uh, to us, to our Spirit. Now, how does the Spirit speak? Well, Spirit speak to us, speaks to us in, in many different ways, in many different forms. And the one I want to talk about right now, first of all, is through God's word. So the Spirit will speak to us um, through God's word, and he will um, instruct us on things that we find and that we read, and Jesus talked about this um, many different occasions, but on this one occasion and this one passage, we see John chapter 16, verse 12, and it says, I have much more to say to you, this is Jesus talking, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. In other words, the Holy Spirit is going to receive the word that you and I should hear from God the Father through Jesus. And so as part of the Trinity, Spirit connected to the Trinity, speaks to our spirit, and he uses the word of God. So you and I open up the word of God, we can have the awesome opportunity to have Confidence that these words are from the Holy Spirit. And then, when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, the way that you know that you are keeping the change and growing in your faith is that when you open God's Word, not only believing that these words are from, from God, but that these words can speak to you, give you instruction about other changes and modifications you need to make in your life. That's how you grow. That's how we keep the change. And God's word is, he does it in a loving way. God's word is a love letter. It's it's a, it's a, a letter that he has written to us from himself, just like love letters that someone has written maybe to you. I have in this basket all kinds of love letters. Now these letters are Love letters that my wife sent me over the years. I mean, this passage is full. Of love letters that my wife, Suzanne, has, has written to me. Now, the reason why I have these is because I cherish them. And she, she wrote these to me because we were, at a time, we were separated. I, I was living in Texas, and so she was in Louisiana, and I was working at a summer job. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't have the internet, didn't have mobile phones and, you know, it was long distance, you know, remember, remember long distance and you had to pay extra stuff and whatever. And so we actually had to write letters, okay? You can actually, hey, students, you can actually get some paper and a pen. You can actually write letters, okay? It's really cool. But Suzanne and I got a chance to just actually read a few of these. They're pretty hilarious. I'm not going to read them, but, but I love the fact, and, and, and one of them we read yesterday. It was literally instructions. I mean, it was in love, but literally, Suzanne. And it, it was one that she actually wrote to me, and I think it was the Baptist Union. She like penned it on the bulletin board or something. It was a, it was a letter. So, okay, Frank, I have ordered your 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 cap and gown. You know, I you got to do this by this time. You got I mean, it's like she was talking to one of the, our children, right? This is before we got married, right? She's like, I've done all these things. Make sure this is done by this time and everything. We're just laughing about it. But it's instruction. She was giving me instructions, and at the end, she says, I love you. And it's all done in love. That's what God's word is. God's word is a love letter to us. Yes, it have instructions. Yes, it's sometimes, oh, yeah, I need to do that. But it's all done and, love. and the reason why I could still read these, because our love is alive, the reason why you can read this and it still speaks to you, because God is alive. These words are connected to God. Those words in a basket are connected to my wife. They still have life. These words right here have life. They will forever have life, and they will speak to you. Now regarding speaking to us, God's Word, let me give you a couple of instructions on this. So so Jesus said, worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, okay? So we have the truth, we have God's Word, we have the Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit. So we have the absolute truth and we have the Spirit that takes what's in here and speaks to us. Now, a couple of things regarding that, the Spirit does not create new meaning out of this, okay? Okay? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit does not take this and create new meaning, okay? So it's, wanna make sure you understand that. Also, this Holy Spirit, it, it makes it go deeper understanding of, of what's already there. So it takes a passage that you may be studying or a chapter you may be reading or a book and it just makes you go deeper deeper into what is already there. It doesn't create something new. Now, it may have some application that relates with us today in our culture and your life, yes, but it doesn't create something new, but it does make you go deeper. Um, Also, the Holy Spirit does not change what's in God's Word to fit your lifestyle. It doesn't change what's in God's word to fit your lifestyle or to fit my lifestyle, okay? We can't just read a certain passage or a book or set of books and say, okay, I'm going to build my life and my theology around just these books or letters or whatever, and everything else, I'm just not going to, that's just kind of old or it's not, you know, it's, it's not really fit our culture, it doesn't really fit my life, so I'm just going to kind of ignore that, Hey, y'all, listen, it's a whole Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all there and it all applies. In fact, if you're reading something from, from God's word and you feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you need to check that, that message or that word the Spirit is speaking to you and make sure it, it lines up with the rest of the entirety of God's word. Because God does not contradict himself. I, I had, several years ago, I was leading a choir camp at a university in, uh, in Texas, and the, uh, the, the, the choir director at this particular university is, um, he was a, a, a known uh, homosexual, so he lived a homosexual lifestyle, and he, he talked to me, knowing that I was a, I was a believer and, and tried to justify his lifestyle, he said, you know, Jesus never really talked about homosexuality, He never said anything against homosexuality. And my response to him was, well, he never talks anything negative about animal abuse either, but it doesn't make it right. You know, we can't take something, a passage or a group, and say, okay, the way I'm living or the way I'm thinking or whatever, it it doesn't have anything to say about my life right here. So I'm just gonna... Focus on this. And so you and I, when we're reading God's word, we need to make sure that we allow the spirit to speak to us and not just to try to fit our life. You know, the Holy Spirit's ongoing work is to transform our character to the character of God. It's to transform our character to the character of God. The ultimate goal, you know, the point of of truly grasping God's word, when we do this, when we grasp the word of God, we will find God's word grasping us. We will find our life being changed to God's word, not the other way around. Now, regarding unbelievers and the truth, some people I've I've asked this, uh, had this question asked of me, will people without the Holy Spirit accept the truth and the Bible and apply it to their lives? Well, we, we see this answer actually in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says this, the person without the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit, You know, Paul, who wrote this to the church at Corinth, this is a letter to them. Paul does not mean that a person without the Spirit will have no intellectual comprehension of what the Bible says. I mean, an intelligent person can read this even without the Holy Spirit, even without them following Christ, can understand maybe what's in God's Word. Rather, Paul means that an unbeliever Will understand its basic message, but will reject it. Without the Holy Spirit, people will not be persuaded of the truth and will not live it out. See, it's one thing to read God's word and understand God's word, but it's another thing to adjust our life to God's word. That's how we know we're growing, that's how we know we're keeping the change whenever. We feel the Spirit talking to us and speaking to us and giving us instructions. So, Bible speaks through prayer. Second way Bible speaks, Bible speaks through the Word of God. Second thing God speaks is through prayer. The Holy Spirit will speak to us in our time of prayer. You know, even even when we don't know what to pray for, even when we're sitting there, and I know sometimes it's difficult. It's like, well, what do I pray for? I'm always kind of praying the same things or or whatever. Whenever you come before God, the Holy Spirit who's inside you, if you accept the Christ as Savior, will help you, will guide you in this process. And we see this in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So the Holy Spirit knows in our hearts as we, are, are, we have uh, things in our spirit that are just not right and things that we know we've got to pray for. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us. And even is praying for some of those things And we may not know mentally, but within our spirit, it happens because of the Spirit's move in our life. So, how does prayer work? Well, prayer works through a two way communication, just like a conversation. It's not just a bunch of Twitter feeds going up to heaven with uh, prayer requests that needs to be made. You know, you and I, when we want to have a conversation with, with God, We come before him, and we have these petitions, we we have these requests, but we also need to have an opportunity where we just sit in silence and allow God to speak. Whether you have your, your Bible open, I would encourage you to get a journal, go to Dollar General, get you a cheap journal, whatever, a notebook that you can write in, and be ready for God to show you to speak to you. That is how you're growing. If you want to keep your faith, if you want to keep, your, you keep the change happening in your life, if you want to keep growing in your walk with Christ, then we need to have the Holy Spirit speak to us. We need to put ourselves in a position of prayer. Not only just talking to God, but listening to him as well. And ask for Him to speak. Ask for the Holy Spirit to speak because He will. And then write it down. Write it down. I, I, I love these, uh, these prayer journals. This is an old prayer journal because I've, I've completed this up and I've got a, another one that I'm just writing in. But I, uh, I love to go back and, and, and see how God. Will, will speak to my heart, speak to my life. And as I'm praying, if I feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, when I feel like that, and it's not an audible voice, but it's just something in my spirit, I will write it down. And then I will, I will put a star at the top of the page or whatever it is. And so I will go back, and if I see a star at the top of the page, I'll go back periodically, and I'll see how God has spoken to my heart, in my life, that helps me, that encourages me, that confirms that I'm keeping the change, and it confirms that I'm growing in my faith. You know, I've, I've got an, a, uh, a journal entry that's about you. Yeah, it's about you. It's like, well, that's interesting. I'd love to hear about it. It's from September 9th, 2010. It's a long time ago. September 9th, 2010, and it's, it involves you. It says this, and I've titled this, Direction in Ministry, question mark. I feel like you're calling me, I feel like you, God. I feel like you're calling me to preach your word. Now, pause. I was not preaching the gospel as a, as a pastor, as with my life I was. I was a worship pastor at First Baptist Church, Cartersville, right here in Bartlett County. And I've been doing that for several years in Texas, Louisiana, all of those places. And I've been doing it for several years. And here's something new that God was speaking to me. I feel like you're calling me to preach your word. I feel qualified, but yet nowhere near qualified. But I know that you will equip me if you have called me. Give me opportunities if this is truly the direction you want me to go. That was the genesis of Lake Point Church. He didn't tell me that day, I want you to plant a church, I want you to go. I mean, he was calling me early, early sages to preach the gospel. And so I wrote it down. But how cool is that? To be able to go back and see that the genesis, the very early beginnings of the calling to preach and the very genesis of Lake Point Church, it was in my journal, and yes, it involved you because you were here on September 9th, 2010. That just gives me faith. That encourages me And that also confirms, you can look back and say, wow, that's pretty cool. You know? Now it's been tough. It has been extremely tough. I literally cried out to the Lord this week and just said, Lord, this is tough. This is really, really tough. But but Father, I know you're going to quit me, and I know you're going to give me strength. And I, I know that, that it's going to be tough, but you're with me. And so whenever God speaks to you, write it down. Ask the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you because he will. So he, he speaks through his word. He speaks through prayer. And the last area I'm going to cover, he speaks through the church. He speaks through his holy church. Now, just like positioning yourself to hear from God through his word, you actually gotta sit down and open God's word and start reading. And if you've never done that, I'll just just go to John, the book of John. Start there and just keep going. Okay? And then that's a good place to start. But you've gotta put yourself in position for God to speak to you through your word and through prayer. We have to position ourselves. That's how we can keep the change going in our life and growing in our faith. But you also have to position yourself to hear from God at church. I believe that the Lord speaks to you through the music, the message, through fellowship, through serving. He speaks to you right here in this place and he also will speak to you when you connect with other believers in a small group and you grow in your faith and God will speak through the church, through other believers. When I say the church, I don't mean just through the pastor. I'm just one person, okay? He will speak through other God-fearing, Jesus-walking people. And by the way, when, when you go to a small group, you will actually have more opportunities for God to speak to you because there's, there's more people who are involved in that. We're not involved in that conversation. There, there's no, I don't ask you questions. We don't have dialogue. That's not, that's not what rows do. Circles, though, creates dialogue for other people. And you learn. I learn every Wednesday night as our small group is going through the book of Acts. And so God will speak through his church. We see God speak through his church whenever, whenever God called the apostle Paul, to preach the gospel. Before he was Paul, he was Saul. And when Saul was a Pharisee and he was persecuting Christians, on his road to Damascus to persecute more Christians, Jesus showed up, boom, a light voice, why are you persecuting me? Lord, Lord, how am I persecuting you? And, um, he, he caused Paul to go, to go blind because of the light, and Paul hung out at a guy's house there in Damascus. And then while he was there, there was another guy in another house, Ananias, who was a faithful Christ follower. They didn't know one another, but Ananias has heard of Saul, absolutely. In fact, word got around town, Damascus, that Saul was in town, and he was ready to throw people in jail, possibly even kill the Christians and so God spoke to Ananias, hey, I want you to go to Saul. And he's actually at, at this guy's house. His name is Judas, and they're on Straight Street. He actually gave him the address, all right? And so he goes there, but he reluctantly goes there because Ananias is like, I've heard of this guy. You're, you're crazy for asking me to go. But in that vision, God made it very clear, Ananias being a faithful follower Obeyed. And we have this exchange in Acts chapter 9, verses 17 through 19. It says this Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul. So he calls him brother. (laughs) That's amazing. Calls him brother. He doesn't say, you know, enemy Saul, or, you know, thug Saul. He calls him brother, why? Because Jesus told him, God the Father told him, look, he's he's accepting me. I've spoken to him. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. So why was it important? Why was it important that Ananias was a part of that story? Because Saul needed some confirmation as if a vision wasn't enough, the light, the voice. Paul needed something else. He needed confirmation and encouragement, confirmation and encouragement. I'll say it again, confirmation and encouragement. That is what you get when you're part of a church. Now there's lots of churches, healthy churches you could be a part of. Laypoint Church, Healthy Church, we confirm and we encourage. We confirm. What God, what God could be speaking to your heart as we pray for you, as we lift you up, and as God speaks to us. And we also encourage your walk. And so Paul or Saul needed that confirmation and encouragement from Ananias. You and I are an Ananias to people that come in to this church you know, Paul had naysayers. Of course he did. He lived, a, he lived a life that was totally opposite of someone who preaches the gospel. But it was a fast turnaround. I mean, almost immediately he was preaching the gospel in the synagogues there in Damascus. Everybody's like, uh, what just happened? Um, he was this and now he's this. He was killing people, now he's t- about Jesus, now he's telling people about Jesus. What, what's going on? But eventually, the apostles, the original uh, disciples, you know, they, they caught on to the fact that God really called Saul, which later became Paul, to share the gospel and to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. And it spread throughout the entire world. And Paul eventually wrote most of the New Testament. And God used him in incredible, incredible ways. You know, here in the last couple of weeks in our culture, we've had someone in, in, in the entertainment industry have an experience like that. You may have been following on Facebook or YouTube or whatever about Kanye West. Kanye West, rapper, entertainer, married to Kim Kardashian. Um, He, according to his own testimony, he turned his life around to Jesus. Not only did he say he turned his life around to Jesus, he's sharing that. And and his new album that just was dropped a few days ago is called Jesus is King. I mean you can't get more more plain than that. And yeah, Kanye has his naysayers. Mm, I'm not sure if that's true. I'm not sure there's just no way. But man, when you look at his life, and when you look at the message, you may not like or dislike. I mean, I, I didn't really listen to Kanye West music. You know, I've listened to some of his tracks on a zoo album. They're great. I share the gospel. I share the gospel than a lot of other Christian artists. And in fact, he was asked in an interview on a, on a late show So, are you a Christian like singer now? Or are you a Christian artist? He says, Man, I'm a Christian everything. So, just like Saul going to Paul, and I, I would imagine Kanye is probably not going to change his name, but Kanye has accepted Christ as Savior. And what I love about it is that he's surrounding himself with the church. He's traveling with a choir that rocks airplanes in the middle of flight, if you haven't seen that video. And and he was in Atlanta not long ago, and he was just, I mean, it's amazing. He's surrounding himself with believers. Why? Confirm Encourage. Confirmation, encouragement. Confirmation and encouragement. And so God will speak to you through the church. And if you're part of the church, it's your job to also confirm and encourage. Today we have an opportunity to celebrate with people who are being baptized. Yeah, that water might be a little cold today, but that means that they're real, all right? It's real. Some of y'all you get baptized when it's, you know, 80 degrees. But I hope that you confirm, just by you being there, that they have accepted Christ, they're, they're proclaiming it with their mouth, and you encourage. That is why. If you are walking You're trying to walk by yourself in this life, in this Christian life, you've accepted Christ as Savior. You're trying to do life by yourself. You're not going to make it because the world is going to steal your joy, is gonna trip you up, is gonna get you discouraged. You have to have the church. You have to put yourself in position for the church to speak to you. You do. Just like the Bible, just like prayer, I'll just read the Bible myself. Or I'll just pray. I'm a praying man. That's great. But listen, it also takes the church. If you're not involved in a church on a regular basis, then you're not growing in, in your faith. God is not speaking to you fully in the way that he wants to speak to you. Because it takes all three. God's word, prayer, the church. Because guess what? Those three things will last forever. God's word, prayer, and the church. They'll last forever. And so that's how God will speak to you. And not only this church and the church you, you may attend, God speaks through the big C church, the, the, the bride of Christ. You know, we've shared before how when we were coming home on the airplane from Ukraine after adopting Lawson, Marion, and Lincoln, and we couldn't speak, they couldn't speak English, and we're just sitting there just like, whatever you do, you know, and everybody's staring at us, and, and halfway through the flight, this man comes up to us and says, I'm a, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a pastor, I just want to let you know God spoke these words, and here's a letter to your kids, and specifically written to Marion. Marian's like, hey, and it's written to Marian, but it was also about the boys, and so it's a three page written letter. How God, it, it, there's prophecy in there, you know, there's prophecy in there. I was like reading, I was like, is there anywhere she's gonna be like? mega rich, and she's gonna, like, take care of mom and dad, you know, down the road. But there's prophecy in there about her and about the kids and about our family. And there's encouragement and there's comfort. You're talking about confirmation. A stranger walks up to you on an airplane, said, God, God has a message for your, for your kids and writes it down. You're talking about confirmation, You're talking about encouragement, it's crazy. So God will speak not only through this church or your church you attend but the Big C Church, the Bride of Christ. But you have to position yourself to accept that. So as we, as we close out this series, I want to make sure that you understand from my heart to yours, if you're struggling to keep the faith and to keep the change. First, of all, you gotta make sure that change happened. You gotta make sure that you have accepted Christ as Savior. And number two, you gotta share the change. The more you tell others about it, the more you're gonna, you're gonna be encouraged and walk in your faith, strongly in your faith. You're gonna need to have that circle of change with other believers, and you're gonna need to die on a daily basis to self in order for that change, just like a leaf is dying and showing the beauty. God wants to show his beauty through your life. And then last, we've gotta listen for the change. Listen for a change. Church, would you listen for a change? Listen to how God wants to speak to your life. Listen in prayer. Position yourself in prayer. Listen through God's word. Position yourself to God's word, the entirety of God's word, not just sections that fit your lifestyle, and then position yourself for God to speak through the church by coming to church, being a part of it. That is how you feel like you're keeping the change and you're growing in your faith. But have you listening? Are you listening? And has that change happened in your life? Every head bowed, every eye closed. As we, as we close out this service, I just want to get you an opportunity. We're not going to have a, a time where the band comes up or we're not going to have a time where you come down to the altar. This is something that is really just between you and God. And I just want you in the quietness of this moment, just ask God, Lord, speak to me.